What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Soul Therapy, the podcast, Show Me the Money 10 edition. I'm Daniel. Daytona. Today, we will be covering the final episode. As usual, please subscribe to our podcast on all streaming platforms. Also, for more contents, please go and follow our socials at soul underscore therapy. And also, please support our page on Patreon at patreon.com slash soul underscore therapy. Yeah, so we have finally reached the the end point of Show Me the Money Season 10. And I overall, I thought it was a successful season. You know, I I thought it, there was a lot of um, balance and power. And, uh, you know, the songs were really good. And especially, but I actually kind of wanted to say the the final performance, though. I don't think mm-hmm. it was that great. I thought the semifinals yeah. were a lot better, but yeah, overall it was solid. Um, I'm happy for Cho Gwangye because he's the winner, and I just thought some of the performances were a bit, you know, bland. I would say, especially mm-hmm. uh, Kunta's performance. I didn't like the songs mm. that much. Mm. I thought the beats were. I thought the beats could have been a lot better. Like the choices for the beats were would have been a lot better. Especially knowing yeah, that the direction Kunta's he went was yeah. disappointing at best. It was, uh, I was hoping for like a rude paper kind of like reggae type, like this futuristic kind of energetic type yeah. performance, but uh, I don't know. <sighs> to put it short, it sounded white as fuck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I hear this you. Is, yeah, this is white people music. Um, Not saying white people music is bad. Definitely mm-hmm. not. But Of course. God, from someone who's like arguably being from a someone who's like a ranking musician. Yeah. We you want that kind of originality. You want a bit more flavor. Yeah. And he put out the blandest shit on here. And that was very disappointing. Um basically the rawest he got was the second round. Mm. So um I I have constantly stated since this season that um what do you call it um that kunta was one of my favorites mm-hmm. yep and kunta yeah and numbers wise yes that's true but this is not what i expected from him like at least i wanted him to like like pull himself up for the some the for the for the finals but right. uh, no he didn't get that so uh biggest disappointment for me for this um yeah not saying that the songs are necessarily bad i don't think they mm-hmm. were trash or anything but um it, oh it by the way it was definitely a step down yeah uh, two steps three steps down um um we kind of last podcast we tried to talk about it but we can't kind of forgot about it um oh yeah about how this competition has so many features like you yeah. just want the artist at, at some point yeah, like, there's not featuring. a single song. There's not a single song this entire season that didn't have features. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Yeah, and that was a problem. And Kunta's first song is the biggest example because there's like four features on it. Like at that yeah. point, that's not even Kunta's song anymore. Um, it's so, true. No, yeah. no, this wasn't it. I I personally thought since the Uphe featuring Uwanja yeah. and Jay Park, I thought that was really cool. That yeah, was that was a cool good. song. Um, uh, I also like the Chogangil with the uh, Hengju, Kekko, and Ailey. Ailey was I liked a cool feature. Yeah, I, I liked all of Chogangil's stuff. Um, it was good to see Primary. Yeah. 
Um, and the karyon thing. Like, karyon yeah. means, um, I'm not exactly sure here, but it's kind of a horse. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the name of, a, I think, a black horse. I'm not sure. Oh, anyway. Interesting. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. A white stallion. A white stallion. But the mane is black. That's what you call karyon. And with the whole Western theme, mm-hmm. a little bit of Western flavor to the beat and stuff like that, it worked really well. And um, you know how, like, Zhou Guangyan like has a really fast style of rapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in Korean, we usually use the metaphor run for stuff like that. Like the, if mm-hmm. the dude is going off, we say he's talinda, which means he's running. Right. So it fits the theme nicely with Zhou Guangyan's character as well. So yeah, it does work. It, yeah. Yeah, it's it it really fits Zhou Guangyan's whole persona. Like this is the song that kind of sums up Zhou Guangyan's persona. Even mm. something like almost like an acrobat, like the acrobat song did. Oh so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, exactly. So in in that sense, and Kekko's hook was nice. The beat was great. What he did on what um, both of them did on the beat uh, was great. Like all of it was amazing. So, and besides this, had Cheja on it too. Yeah, yeah. and produced by Primary. Cheja's part was nice. Um, Cheja kind of had a slump. Yeah. And I think I think he can make, he's making a comeback. Um, he did not sound bad. Like, mm-hmm. he actually did hold his ground a bit here. So that was a great thing. Um, and also the other song by Cho Gwangyun, by Kuk Kiyongza. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I, di- um, I didn't care for the vocals by Ailey, um, mm. but um, I won't say it was bad. But anyway... Uh, what Hengju did on the track, the whole concept about how it's not actually over, like yeah, with showing the money season yeah. finishing, but there's cookies. Like, yeah, that that's that's kind of a meme-ish take, but they did it in a very uh, colorful and artful way. So mm-hmm. that was great too. You now, know what I also liked? I also like bo's. Yeah, yeah, uh, not not me so much, but it wasn't mm. bad. I'll say. Um, there's not exactly bad songs here. Um, it's just like it's just it's bland. So, yeah, exactly. It's like this is not final material here. No, the only final all. material I got was since is up here and yeah. the Cho Guangyo's two songs. The rest yeah, was just like, yeah. eh, I mean, they should have come out way earlier or something. Because yeah. like, yeah, the Birani song, like the sign song, mm. was not bad either. But mm, you really want to like finish your competition with a feature, like well, yeah. Wait, just these features like they ruined everything because not saying like these fat like individually speaking that these features were bad but this takes away the spotlight yeah yeah like we what like i to me this is especially distasteful distasteful Mm -hmm. because i know why they're doing this Mm. like they're trying to capitalize off of this like they know the songs are gonna do well in the charts, yeah. so everyone is trying to get the share. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they think they think that the only way to chart is to have hot features on it. Mm-hmm. Either way, um, it's kind of tampering on the whole competitive spirit. Yeah, I mean, besides the other songs were already like fucking popping off the charts anyway. Y'all earned all the money you need. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like do something for the actual fans for this for once. Yeah. Um, timing song like Big Naughty was not bad, but it uh, was basically a Big Naughty song that was not a Kunta song at all. Big Naughty yeah. t- took everything from yeah. me. Um, Haza, Mino, 
it's just another very it's generic it's generic yeah it's a very typical bo song like yeah. at least i wanted him to some switch it up a bit but like this is basically limousine 2.0 mm-hmm. um Kozengi mana, like the other two bonus songs by the way we have to talk about them too yeah. and Kozengi mana was nah, all right it's a good closure good outro i mean considering like 116 like 119 we had right yeah yeah, this was lame compared to that. Um, like, why is these songs so soft, man? Like, not trying to be like the toxic masculine guy or whatever, right. but seriously, this is going overboard a bit. Um, I hear you. Kozengimana was the eighty-two just, plus was pretty good. Like, it wasn't that like the, the jazzy one with the, all the producers on it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, this wasn't bad either. Um, actually, I yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, this was comparatively more impressive than the other collection of songs that I said mm. was bland. It was just like such a letdown. Um, great season still. Um, no doubt. Yeah. Especially the semifinals. I really liked the semifinals. Yeah. And we had a great diversity of rappers. A too. lot of diversity. But it's just like some of these songs are just way too fluffy for me. Like it's great, it's great that it's doing well on the charts since they're mm. gonna earn money. Yeah. But this is the kind of like commercialization we have been talking about on our early podcast, and maybe even like right. not so long ago. Um, you know, one son, right? Yeah. The the meme guy. Um, he's yeah. he's currently on Show Me the Money. Like he's he like he's very hot on YouTube amongst hip hop circles. Because, yeah, he's been um, doing the reviews. <laughs> hey, you're catching up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of his tastes I agree with. A lot of it I don't. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think he comes off a bit arrogant. Mm. Um, but then again, I'm arrogant, so who cares? Um. <laughs> But the thing about the thing about what he said about this basically becoming pop song instead of hip hop songs, um, like there's this kind of sentiment in Korea right now, especially amongst our young generation that kind of hates gatekeepers, mm-hmm. and I agree, gatekeepers are lame. Like whatever flack that the gatekeepers are getting right now when it comes to the music genres and stuff, they brought it on themselves. They were snobbish mm-hmm. as fuck. Um, they were very exclusive to other individuals, um, and not only in musical taste, but oftentimes ethnicity, um, political stances, all of that stuff. And that kind of kills the genre. It really mm-hmm. does. You've seen that kind of shit happen with black metal, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, this kind of irresponsible gatekeeping leads to naturally a reaction against it. Mm-hmm. Which means that uh, people are gonna go even a bigger fuck you to the gatekeepers. Like, ah, oh, that's not real hip hop. You motherfuckers didn't put your yeah. real dollars behind it. So fuck you. Anyway, this means naturally the only thing left, if we're unwilling to talk about the art, because the people who were talking about the art were so arrogant, they kind of mm-hmm. made it um, not that desirable. What happens is the only metric left is our numbers. Mm-hmm. You do the most numbers. You're the hottest guy in the planet. You're the hottest girl on the planet. Whatever it is, and then who cares about the art? Um, who mm-hmm. cares about what hip hop's definition is supposed to be? Who cares what hip hop is supposed to stand for? What you get is pop singles, and if it pops off, you can call it hip hop. You can call it pop. No one fucking cares. You got the money, mm. right? Yeah. 
to me, uh, I see a lot of people shitting on this competition just because it's fluffy. It put, it put out too many pop singles. And yes, I have a problem with that as well. But if you mm-hmm. really think about it, um, you have to say, you have to, like, one son, one son actually put this perfectly. At the end of the day, when it comes to pop songs, the person who, the, the song that is most successful, the song that is easy on the ears mm-hmm. when it comes to that single definition of a pop song is the most successful one. It is the most artistic one. Why? Because it did what it was supposed to do. It achieved yeah. what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But if we go down this road, at the end of the day, it's going to be bad for us. Mm. Right now, it's, it might not seem problematic. But down the road, it becomes homogenized. Uh, homogenized. Yeah. It becomes becomes not diverse, non-diverse. It becomes very singular. Mm-hmm. And that's how culture dies. Mm. So we are kind of witnessing a karma of the gatekeepers. Y'all made diversity look like shit. Y'all made diversity look undesirable. And naturally, the younger generation... It's going to come up with ways to rebel against it. And in this case, it's not rebelling for diversity. It's rebelling for what is actually considered success. And mm-hmm. it, is the, it is very nihilistic in a sense. Who cares? Like, it sounds good on the years, right? Mm-hmm. This competition had everything except yeah. diversity. It's supposed to be more diverse than this. Come on. Yeah. This, um, I mean... It, it leaves a question in my mind uh, because at the end of the day, it is still better than like the songs flopping. Yeah, true. Yeah, it is. But maybe we are at a point in time where a point when it comes to this genre, at least when it comes to K-hip hop, in our attempt to further ourselves from Western influence, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. We're kind of homogenizing ourselves too much into the status quo of Korean pop, mm. which isn't that great, which is financially great, but diversity-wise, it is not. Mm-hmm. And the only and one of the many reasons we liked K-hip hop was because it wasn't like the other pop songs on the K charts. Mm. There was diversity in it, but we're killing it, not because we hate it, but because we can't make the money off of it. Right. We are back to square one in a sense. If we got to like, and if we were to start from the beginning again, start from the foundation, start from the grassroots of Hongdae, of Hongdae, mm-hmm. we have to start with a diverse pool as possible. Yeah. We can't afford singularity anymore because we are not going to be able to make money off of that. Then what happens to culture? Um, is it going finally going to be karmatic? Um, I don't know the answers, but it is concerning. Um, this show me the money success is both a very big blessing mm-hmm. and kind of a curse at the same time, because this the, we're doing really good on the charts. Yeah, and if there is going to be more show me the monies down the road, they're going to look at this season as one of the most successful, which means mm. they're going to take this template over and over again. And again, this was not the most diverse season, if you look at it in the totality. Yeah. Right? So, I, I kind of leaves a bitter taste in my mouth. I see where you're going, and um, 
I think one great thing that came out of this was since I, I truly think mm. uh, she represented, you know, yeah, for the, for the women and uh, she was actually the one that didn't make the most sugary music either. She really didn't, and she was really yeah, she consistent. really fucking wrapped her ass off. That's yeah. why it's, I think yeah, I ironic think. maybe, but still. Man, her placing in second place in a in a competition where it's usually the guys winning, that that's a huge mm. statement. And you you and I both know that she had like a really strong chance. She was a a threat, you know, in this yeah, competition. Exactly. And so I think that's I think thanks to Sense, I think, you know, there was a lot of um kind of opportunities opening up, kind of room for empowerment, I would say. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I really think since came through for the program a lot, and and I hear you, and I hear you when it comes to the lack of diversity. It, it there there's just, there really is a lack of diversity, but I think at the, when it's all said and done, I think when we look back, I think this will be a season where it's where it has like a that balance of power. You know, nobody yeah, exactly. was uh, Nobody was like, okay, from the start, this person was going to win 100%. We, d- we didn't know. We were getting confused. People were getting eliminated left and right. We were very surprised about who got eliminated. And at the end of the day, it was like, wow, this gave us like a thrill, you know, some kind of entertainment purpose. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, all in all, I, I thought this was a really uh, a step up. I thought it was definitely mm. another upgrade from last season, even though last season was really good too. I thought it it stepped up to the plate and uh they outdid themselves and um yeah and if this is truly the final season i think this was a a good way to close out the the program but yeah yeah but, exactly. who, but who knows you know they they might come back for another season knowing that the season I'm, was a I'm success i'm torn at this point like no i hear you they can could they even make another season i mean granted i said this about every season so yeah. fuck fuck me you don't have to listen to me but um you know what I have to say this um as a Korean especially um um one of the reasons I'm I'm getting a little bit political here by the way um one of the reasons why I'm kind of stoked a bit about diversity this mm-hmm. episode is because of someone I saw on the internet uh today about some guy called Oli London mm the the transracial kind of bullshit that he's pulling off with BTS, um, trying to pl- having plastic surgery, trying to look like Jimin or something, mm. that white guy. Um, when I saw that shit, um, it made me reevaluate K cultural content in a sense. Granted, the guy's an asshole. I mean, like fuck that shit. I don't I, I don't need uh bullshit white people celebrities trying to appropriate asian culture for whatever it is and saying that they're going to be kings mm-hmm. and queens of asia what what the fuck is that what what the fuck are you mean by mm-hmm. kings and queens of korea like fuck you only london but um this made me realize maybe we almost have a crisis of diversity within k-cultural content right now yeah. not not dramas because i think we're doing good on the drama front i think we're doing good on the um yeah the visual content here mm-hmm. DP and Squid Game is exactly what I wanted out of this, like yeah. to be some kind of social critique. But when it comes to music, we have a tendency to portray Korea in a very utopian way. Mm. That shit needs to go. That's why we get shit like Oli London, in a sense. I'm not playing, not putting the blame here on Korean 
Koreans, of course, because <laughs> at the end of the day, it was right privileged bullshit mm. anyway. But I think as a Korean, what I'm seeing right now is because um, our, our music, the the music that we're putting out, especially um, in the pop sphere, mm-hmm. we're making it almost too replicable, like replicable. What's that's how I say it? Yeah. Yeah, we're making it too simple. We're making it too patternized. We're making mm-hmm. it too easy to just rip off. We're we're allowing these dumb motherfuckers to identify with ourselves, and that shit is whack. Mm. Um, ultimately, it's on them because yeah. at the end of the day, they did the offense. Shit like only London kind of triggers me. Like, I hear you. And especially like the Ariana Grande picture that came out today. That's that looks weirdly like flight Asian flight attendant ish, and only London retweeting that shit and saying that they could be kings and queens of Korea. This is exactly what I feared mm. about this. White people taking our shit and somehow making it theirs, which is not exactly a problem if you actually show the respect, if you actually show the respect for yeah. it. But that is not, it, that's not what's happening right now. Mm. I'm very conflicted about the situation. I'm conflicted about what's happening. Even I don't exactly know what I feel about it, but all I know is that this shit is very rubbing me the wrong way which makes mm. me kind of reevaluate the shit that we're putting out into the world. And it also reevaluates the way that we were marketing this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if we had a truly democratized cultural content and in which we have some sort of say about control and about some say about pride in Asian heritage in K content, not, I'll, I'm not putting this on BTS, by the way. I know they have all the problems and shit, things to go through right. but we would have collectively spoken out against only london and look and the people in the industry would have mm. we don't have that say right now why because we're still the underdog mm. why because that shit will hurt our sales yeah. maybe it's time maybe it's truly time for us to start thinking about something else than sales Maybe it's right, time yeah. we actually think about how we're going to control how K-cultural content is being consumed by this world, how yeah. it is put out on the market, how we can regulate it, how we can take bullshit, almost pseudo-cultural imperialist from taking this shit and making it into a stupid-ass, misrepresented, bastardized version. Mm. So in dedication to... Um, to the people who feel prideful and mm-hmm. the people who are rooting for Korean culture. And again, a very spiteful fuck you to people like Oli London. And I think Ariana Grande's photographer, I don't think it's her exactly to blame for this. Consume K-culture right. Yeah. Um, maybe about 10% of the blame is on us, but <laughs> the 90%, that's, your, that's on you motherfuckers. So... Um, yeah. I hear you. Think twice before trying to recontextualize Korean culture. Um, think twice before if you're actually doing it the right way. Yeah, well, it's a it's a it's an important statement that you made, and hopefully, you know, if indeed you know this is the end of Show Me the Money, I'm 
I'm just thankful that we got like 10 seasons of it and we witnessed so many different amazing performances. But, you know, hopefully uh, maybe it continues, maybe it stops, but who knows? But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's all the time we have for today. But please do comment mm-hmm. and let us know what you thought of this season. As usual, please subscribe to our podcast on all platforms and also follow our social media page at soul underscore therapy. Thank you guys so much and see you guys next time. Peace.